You're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowd. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. I love the thought uh, I picked on Heath today because he deserves to be picked on, okay? Got to have a little comic relief on a heavier day like today. But I do like his thought on your rock. Um, whether your world has been shaken or not, it may be shortly. And I hope that today is solidifying that, that God is worthy of your faith and trust. And whether you're in a valley or shortly to go into one, um, we need to be prepared for that. Um, I also was thinking, just real quick before Brother Nick comes, Brother Miss Lori, uh, I would have uh, gone up uh, flying with Brother Curtis. Um, I can't remember how long before the Lord took him home, but I remember him talking to me, us talking about how you're always preparing for the, the crisis that's coming. And I remember him saying that to me and us having that conversation somewhere over Wayne County as we were just kind of buzzing around. And, uh, and so even if today is, doesn't find you struggling in a very significant way, you're prepping for that. And so I hope that uh, you're taking advantage of what God's doing. And then those of you, it's triage, right? This day is a day that's just kind of giving you that infusion, I hope, of hope and comfort and uh, grateful to hear how God's using. Good to have folks joining us by live stream as well tonight. We don't normally live stream on Sunday night, but doing so this evening. Thanks for joining us. It is our joy tonight to have a couple of testimonies. So this morning would have been teaching on lament. Tonight we're going to testify uh, about what God has done during trials. And so I, Brother Nick and I had a conversation several months ago. I think he did it somewhat grimacingly. God was leading him to share things God's teaching him. And so it's been neat to see him willing to do that. Feel like that merged well with our theme for today. So he's going to share a testimony and some study from God's Word. I do have a brief, there's an outline there, kind of a summary of his thoughts. If you want to track in the bulletin with that, fill in a few blanks, make some notes. Uh, and then after that, we'll sing a couple more songs, and then we'll end with uh, a testimony from Johnny Erickson Tata. So tonight is more of not the principle, but living it out and letting those who are living it um, help the rest of us figure that out and uh, how that applies to our context. So Brother Nick, if you'll come, Lord bless you, brother. Appreciate you praying for you as you share God's word today. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember having that conversation with Pastor, and he is right. I was very much grimacing through saying, this is what the Lord has led me to do. Um, and about a month or so had passed, and we didn't, I didn't hear anything about the timeline of it. And so I reached out to him, and he had said, that, hey, I'm thinking of this morning of worship Sunday, and what do you think about doing the AM service? And secretly, I'm going, <laughs> AM, like, we have about double what's in here usually in the AM than we do the PM, but I was like, sure, perfect opportunity, I will do what you want. And then uh, a couple weeks later, he was like, hey, I'm feeling led to um, do a short message, would you be all right going to PM? I said, Great. I'm okay with that. So uh, bear with me tonight. I do not like speaking uh, at all. <laughs> and the Lord has really uh, just kind of led my steps to do a few uh, public speaking opportunities through my job and other areas. And I think that was in preparation for tonight. So I, I pray, and it's my prayer, that I'm not a distraction to you guys through my 
nervous tones, anything like that. Um, and I just pray that this is a blessing to you. So as we open up, kind of just want to go throughout the room. And there's a lot of issues that have happened in this church throughout time. Uh, just think of, as I'm talking here, think of the situation that hits home in your life, in your heart. Think of that job loss. Think of the panel that we had up here, those that lost their spouse. Think of the health issues. Think of just the pain and strife of everyday life. And kids, you aren't immune to this either. Think of just everyday school life. You have kids that pick on you constantly and get on your nerves. That hits home. I know it hit home for me. That's where I like sports because I could do some physical harm to them at at the same time. (laughs) But just put that in the back of your mind. Yes, we have the panel up here, and there's a lot of hurt in this in this room here today and those at home. But life is hard. There's a lot of heaviness in our, in our day right now at this point. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to be going in Romans 8. Uh, if you can turn there, uh, we're going to be going, starting off at verse 18 uh, through the remainder of the chapter. We'll start off. Verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I'm going to stop right there before we get into this. A lot of serious stuff that we're talking about tonight. I got a kick out of just seeing the word reckon in there. Pastor was talking about the hillbilly Ten Commandments last Sunday, and I just think of Paul wearing a, a cowboy hat when he says that. So, all right, moving on. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because of the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We'll wrap up in the famous verse here, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just uh, I thank you for a Sunday like this where we can, we can focus on the hard parts of life. As we typically come on a Sunday and we worship you and we sing songs of joy, and they have a purpose, but so do these songs that guide us back to you in our hardest times that we have, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that this message that you laid on my heart, that I would get out of the way tonight, that I would just be the moving mouth up here of your words to these individuals, Lord. Uh, I praise you and thank you for this opportunity. In your name, amen. All right, so when you think of the word groaning, what comes to mind? For me, it's when I grew up, I have a, my, I'm the youngest of four kids. My next oldest sibling is six years older than me and is much larger than me. Uh, so I got picked on all the time. But we kind of had a secret language, language growing up where I said and could get away with maybe about 20 to 30 words a day. We would literally just grunt and groan back and forth to each other. And that didn't stop until I met that woman over there. <laughs> about 19 or 20, uh, I met her in college, uh, sophomore year, I think, uh, at Bluffton University. And she forced me to talk. <laughs> and uh, that's probably uh, led the steps to where I'm at today. Uh, but I, I really liked the fact that I didn't have to speak much as a, as a child. Um, and probably one of the reasons why I'm scared to death of being up here uh, most times. All right, so a more normal thought for groaning would be, one, uh, when you're hurt, whether physically or emotionally or mentally. It's that typical response we have when we have frustration, when we have pain, when someone does something that hurts us to us. Definition of groaning, there's a couple of them here. Uh, first one is denoting a deep, inarticulate sound conveying pain or despair. Uh, my favorite one, though, is deno denoting a low creaking sound made by an object under pressure. <laughs> so funny, but also truthful in the human mind there, too. Um, so most of the people in this room kind of know uh, the background to our lives of the last couple of years, but we'll do a quick synopsis of it. Um, Becca, similar timeline of Heath, as he mentioned this morning, got COVID in November of 2020, um, seemingly when I think half the church got it at that time, too. Um, we did our two weeks at home. I went back to work, was struggling a little bit, but got my feet underneath me and was doing okay. Uh, Becca, not so much. Um, she made the comment multiple times, man, I feel like I have mono again. And she had mono multiple times before I ever met her. Um, thankfully, nothing ever since then. Um, but just not really being able to get back on her feet fully. Um, January and February come around, and still not bouncing back. You get past the holiday rush, and you think the craziness of the holidays is what's really uh, just taken the life out of things. But then you get into the wintertime, and... It's still the same things are happening. Um, at that time, our boys were actually at home doing school. Uh, through the Dalton system, we had moved in the middle of COVID from Norway to Dalton. And because of COVID, we couldn't get into the schools to, to tour it, and we just felt better led to keep the boys home for that time. Uh, so Becca was their teacher through um, the online system there. And the day-to-day -day grind of that really uh, was a struggle for her. Um, just being able to focus, um, just constantly having to watch the boys because they're young kids and needing attention and um, focusing back on their schoolwork, especially when they're at home. 
while all the other distractions are in place. And it just continued to kind of snowball from there. Um, at that time, nobody really knew what long COVID was. Uh, it, it was a theory that was out there at that point. Um, but because the constant struggles that happened, we needed her to get help. So we started to seek out help, um, went to a few doctors. One constant and one like tangible issue that she had was her heart would just race at a drop of a bucket for no absolute reason. So we think, your heart's messed up, where do you go? You go to the heart doctor. So we went to a cardiologist. Um, and a couple different times we went to a specialist uh, through the Cleveland Clinic up in Medina and got tests, everything's normal, everything's great. Uh, yes, your heart's going a million miles an hour, but it's strong. Uh, so me being the optimistic one, I'm like, cool, maybe we're gonna get out of this at some point. No, that didn't happen. It continued to happen over and over and over. Simple tasks drove her heart uh, crazy. The second visit that we had to the cardiologist, this is where Dr. Becker took over. <laughs> she started Googling, like, what is going on? She communicated with other people these symptoms, and she found this thing called POTS. And I'm, I hope I don't mess up the actual name of this, but postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I'm just going to call it POTS from now on. Um, but uh, she brought that up to the cardiologist. This is something I really think that I have. And the doctor basically said, yeah, you have all the symptoms of this. But I distinctly remember him laughing and said, no, there's no chance that you have that because it's so rare. Uh, and I remember the hurt that that laugh caused to her as well, too. Um, so POTS, what that, the symptoms are, obviously high heart rate, we talked about that already. Lightheaded, dizziness, fatigue, inability to do physical activity, and anxiety. So essentially what it is is all the blood pools down in your legs for whatever reason. I don't know why. But any sort of physical activity, moving around, her body, her heart goes into a fight-or-flight mode and tries to get that blood up to her head and up to her heart. What that causes is high heart rate, extreme high heart rate, cause her body to work overload, which causes the fatigue, all this other thing to work together and basically just wipe her out over and over and over. Again, it took, I can't remember how many doctor's appointments it was. Not as bad as Heath, uh, but uh, I think Heath was kind of the pincushion of the group for everybody else. Um, but there was countless doctor's appointments before she finally actually got diagnosed with POTS. And unfortunately, to get diagnosed with POTS, you have to do what's called a tilt table test, which is, I don't know exactly what it is, but it sounds like death on a board. And they're moving you around just to see how your body reacts to these sort of things. I think that is a unfortunately an entry fee to becoming part of the COVID crew uh, that I think all three of them, I don't know if Sylvia, have you had, you had to do the tilt table test? Okay. Um, from all accounts, it is not fun. But before that diagnosis finally came, 
before we finally had a doctor uh, that actually listened to what she had to say. Loneliness, self-doubt, crazy thoughts started to set in. Not only in her, but in my, in my heart, in my head as well, too. Because I, I don't know what I'm dealing with here. I'm a guy. I like to fix things. I want to do manual labor to fix things. <laughs> I can't fix her. Uh, in the early moments or early times of this, uh, I tried to do things that I could to fix her. Uh, sweeping, making the bed, doing the dishes, cooking, all that stuff. It would send heart rate up to 160 or north of that. So in my mind, I can fix that. I can do those things. I can take those things away from her and she won't have those issues. Yes, that helps temporarily, but the overall longevity of her, that, that's like putting a Band-Aid on the issue. Uh, <clears throat> she needed somebody to be a support sister, system for her. Uh, so I have three thoughts in your bulletin there. Uh, as I talk through these subjects, yes, I'm talking out to the congregation here, no, this is what I needed to hear. Um, this is what I have struggled with for a good year. Um, and I'm sure many of you have had the same realization or action in your life when you're trying to go through a hardship or you're trying to fix somebody. But just know that while I may be talking to you guys, this is, this is what I need to listen to. Uh, so your first point, uh, individualistic groaning. Individualistic groaning. Uh, verse 23. And we're going to go a little bit out of order of what the scriptures are here, but just for this point. But, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So when you have pain or strife, what's the first thing that you do? If you're anything like myself, I keep it in. It takes a long time for it to come out of here, out of here, and out of here. And it goes in a vicious cycle over and over and over as I process those thoughts. I am an analyzer through and through, and I want to see every angle that's going to happen out of every situation and every problem out of that situation. <clears throat> All the variables that happen, I want to know whether good or bad, What's going to happen out of that? But typically, I end up not processing or not expressing those thoughts, mainly because I talk myself out of it. I let myself, my thoughts, the enemy's thoughts get into my head and subdue everything that is positive out of that situation. Uh, from Lisa Turkhurst, uh, she has a book. Uh, it's called uh, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Uh, Becca had uh, recommended this book to me uh, to just kind of read through a little bit when we started talking about presenting tonight. She had had this book from a few years ago of another situation that we had going on in uh, our family, and it really helped her um, kind of work through a lot of that. And so there's a few themes that I'll, I'll talk about from that book, um, a couple other comments as well, too. Uh, but from that book, 
It says, there's a, there's a dangerous aspect to staying quiet and pretending we don't get exhausted by our disappointments. Look again at 23. <clears throat> but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves. So what are the fruits of the Spirit? We can all write them off here. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right in the middle of those things are long-suffering and kindness. And I don't think of long-suffering as a fruit, fruitful experience. But it is. <clears throat> uh, another situation that uh, just where I kind of stayed within myself, my work history, uh, currently I work at Wanna Creek Cheese down in Wanna Creek, um, short plug to if everybody's at the Carlisle Inn here in a few weeks, feel free to come on down to my store afterwards. Uh, but um, I work for a fantastic company, a Christian company, and I, I love it. I love the people that I work with. I love the company that I work for. That was not the case uh, prior to this. Um, I worked in hotels. Well, first off, start, I, I went to school for sport management, uh, which is the business side of sports, hotels, sports, don't go together. Uh, but I had an in with and a connection with hotels, so I kind of worked my way up uh, through the hotel industry, and then my most recent job in the hotels was a GM of the Courtyard in Akron. Uh, when I first took that job, the company was a great family company, um, big but not too big, uh, and then it was bought uh, by a company that is the largest third-party operator of hotels in the world has, I think they're almost 2,000 hotels now at this point. And their entire goal was to get as big as fast as possible and to make as much money for their owners um, as possible. I don't like the bad mouth people, but they, they forgot about everything underneath. And it, it changed my day-to-day -day life quickly. Um, my at-home life was... To, non-existent. I, I was working and then I'd come home from work and then I'd still be working because I'd get phone calls and I'd get texts and I'd have to go in because people would call off and on and on and on. Because of that, I began researching other jobs and just looking and I, would, I thought God had called me to the hospitality industry. So I kept looking in hotels and I kept interviewing for hotel jobs and I kept getting second for those jobs, multiple jobs. <clears throat> um, is this really the plan that God has for me to work in an industry that I don't necessarily agree with on some of the thoughts that they have and some of the lifestyles that a lot of people that I work with have? Is this what God has for me? And that's where those questions start coming in. Um, and those are, those are hard questions to ask. We talked about it this morning. You feel weird asking God in an upset tone, is this what you have for me? Um, but those were the conversations going back and forth. Going back to uh, Becca, do I really believe what has happened to her is ultimately for her good? Lori talked about it this morning. There's a time and a place to say, verse 28, 
in the thick of it is not that time. But that verse is still in there for a reason. A lot of people in verse 28, they say that first part of it, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. They forget the second part of that. To them who are called according to his purpose. So are these hardships for his purpose? Eventually I came to accept, maybe I'm going to be stuck with this job for quite a while. Then I ran into, or I call it a chance meeting. I know at this point it's not a chance meeting. But a guy that I I went to college with at Bluffton um, in Worcester at the Worcester Lowe's. Um, I knew of him in college. I didn't really know. We, We were the same year. His dad was a campus pastor, so I knew of him, but we weren't friends. But I said, hey, you know anything, just let me know. And at that point, a year moved forward, and he's like, hey, I got this opportunity. What do you think? Sure, I'm ready to get out. Like, give me anything. So I go and interview uh, with the current company I'm at, um, but it's in the food industry. I'm with hotels. I'm going to food. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I interview with a bunch of big wigs, and I hear nothing. I'm like, all right, God, what? <laughs> you, you set up this chance meeting in Lowe's. What, what is your thought here? So I, I kept going with it. I kept going with it. All right. I became that little gnat that's around you that, to, to just annoy them until they responded back to me. It was a full month before I got any sort of a reaction out of them. Uh, in the thick of that, I'm like, yeah, there's no chance I have a job. There is absolutely no chance I have a job. And I got a response back, finally, after a month. And I didn't have a job. <laughs> uh, they said no, but, hey, we have this other opportunity at our store. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Let's come in and have a conversation. So I did another set of interviews uh, with four more people. Altogether, I think I did eight to ten people uh, with interviews. And again, a person that doesn't like to talk, having to say the same thing eight different times, gets a little old. But I think God was, he's got a sense of humor sometimes, and I think that's what it was. Um, so had that conversation with them. There was a, little, a shorter turnaround that time. It was about a week. I got a phone call. Hey, what do you think about joining our team? Great. So I got this job. That's a step down from where I'm at in an industry that I have no idea what I'm doing in, in an area that I've never been in before, Amish country. Uh, not knowing what I'm doing whatsoever. I was bouncing off the walls excited about it, though, because I don't, honestly, I don't know why. I mean, I know why now. Um, God put that peace with me. Uh, and this job, obviously, honestly, was of God. Um, I was the assistant store manager. At that time, I didn't know I was hired. They were kind of just watching me uh, for a few months. And the current store manager at that time was already planning on leaving. So in the matter of two months, I was bumped up to store manager. And this job, this company... Everything about it was from God because it prepared me for a night like tonight. It allowed me to take care of Becca's needs better. And um, 
had a company that my core values lined up with theirs. Like I said, they're a Christian company. I went to the first leadership breakfast that we had, and we opened up in prayer. <laughs> That's a culture shock, moving from Akron down to Wanna Creek. And that was a cool moment, but I'm like, we can do this? Um, but, and actually, as I was preparing for this message this week, there's an irony. Uh, the company that I used to work for is Ambridge. Uh, this week, they had a, their GM conference going on in Dallas, Texas. And I remember going to the last GM conference that I was a part of and just feeling like an absolute outsider. We spent thousands of dollars, well, I didn't, the company did and the, the hotel did, spent thousands of dollars for us to go down there and people to drink, to have a concert which cost thousands of dollars, to hear frou-frou messages about what you're supposed to do. And honestly, it was a week for people to get away from their property. This week, the company that I work for currently spent, um, invested in our, our team and other local uh, teams did. Uh, Provia is a manufacturer down in Wanna Creek. They put on a, it's called a symposium, a leadership summit. Uh, and I had the privilege of going to that on Friday and was just blown away, like, um, just the fact that you can have a faith conversation in the matter of business and just the understanding that, yes, profits are a part of being in the business culture, but serving through our leadership uh, was the overall theme of that. Uh, and just a couple of the speakers that came from that, I'll talk about them later. Um, but just the Lord just timed that up perfectly uh, for uh, what I'm going on here tonight. <clears throat> so back to Becca. Uh, she needed a companion through this time. And that was where I was struggling. Again, I'm fixing things. I, I thought I was loving on her. I thought I was doing everything I needed to do to take care of her, her needs. Wrong. I needed to sit next to her. I needed to listen to her. I needed to understand her. I needed to tell her that she wasn't crazy. I needed to tell her that, no, you have, you have correct thoughts in what you're feeling right now. Uh, Lisa Turkhurst, again, has another quote here. If the enemy can isolate us, he can influence us. My inaction can lead to the further isolation of an individual who I care about. And not just Becca, where I, I know I had tangible faults in that situation, but I know I can do that on a week-to-week -week basis with every individual in this room. <clears throat> Bob Goff, who was the key... Uh, keynote speaker out of this conference on Friday. He had a, uh, a quote here, the darkness doesn't want to destroy you. It wants to distract you. And I think that's what it, it ultimately did to me. Uh, I was getting distractions from left to right, and I wasn't focusing on the core issue of what she needed in her heart to, to help her in that time. Uh, our next point, let her be there. Shared groaning with fellow believers. Shared groaning with fellow believers. <clears throat> Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until together until now. So as I said before, everyone in this room, uh, everyone on the face of the earth will deal with some form of trial. Whatever that may be. Physical pain, strife, emotional hurt, 
No one is exempt. Kids, you feel invincible. I was there. I know it. You're not invincible. I had way too many injuries to prove that as well. No one is exempt, but the key is that we are not supposed to fix them. We are to support these people. No pill, no prescription is going to do for the heart what another believer can do for them. Uh, During my job search, I had a couple individuals, a couple gentlemen in the the church here that really um, just continued to point me back to Christ and were different from all the other job searches that I I went through. Um, They were reminders for me to continually point back to Christ. I believe I am closer to that for Becca now, but I know that that wasn't the way all the time. There's no, there's no way to fully understand what she was going through unless I would literally be going through what she was dealing with. And that's where Heath and Katie came in to help create uh, what is now titled the COVID crew. <clears throat> they each had a perspective that others couldn't understand because they were living it. These two individuals picked up my slack as I continually tried to fix Becca, and I am eternally grateful for you too. <clears throat> Heath and Katie both pointed Becca towards the hope that you see here in verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is not, hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then, we, then do we with patience wait for it. They're perfect examples of that, and Sylvia is that way now as well. Um, they are what we are called to do as the body of Christ. These three individuals, and well, now four um, of the crew, have a unique understanding of what a chronic illness is and what that does uh, emotionally for people. Uh, let me show a picture here quick. Uh, so there was a comment of it while we were uh, having this uh, get-together a few weeks ago. Oh, he's going to use this for his talk. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Uh, so all four of these individuals and the families that they've have uh, been a part of, have had an emotional journey over the last uh, couple years, Um, but each of them have unique instances where they have helped each other out. Uh, The first first planned cookout that we had was actually March of 21. We tried to do it that long ago, and um, that was actually where I really started to understand what was going on with Becca. Uh, We were planning on meeting over at the Studer's place, and throughout the day, Becca was just doing some yard work, bending over, doing all that stuff that just throws her body um, in a wreck. All of a sudden, I get a phone call at work, and she's on the other end hyperventilating and not knowing what's going on. Her heart rate was 180, and she's like, what? understandably what is going on um so i this was one of many very fast road trips back home from work uh just to kind of see what she was doing how can i help the situation and a couple things stick out um from that moment first is after i got done talking to becca and, and getting her down a little bit i asked her to put bryce on the phone i need to talk to him quick 
I talked to him. I said, buddy, I can't get home for a good 30 minutes here. I will do my best to get home as soon as possible. But I need you right now. I need you to watch your mom. I need you to be by her side. What she needs, you need to do. Said, okay. That was it. I get home. That boy never left his mama's side. Uh, the second instance was Heath. Uh, we still had a party going on that night. Uh, his willingness, he dropped everything, came over, grabbed Carter, and, hey, we're going to take him. Uh, and we'll have some fun that night. And, and that willingness to drop anything at a moment's notice is what all that man is about back there. Uh, we had another instance with me at work. We had our garage door fall apart on us and I'm at work and it's literally hanging in pieces and I don't know how Becca told Heath but it got to Heath and all of a sudden Heath's at our place taking it piece by piece apart and this man that can barely stand upright half the time is working his tail off to help us out next was a random Sunday evening um I don't know when it was, but it was sometime last year. And it was a particularly rough week, rough day. Um, I think probably collectively for all the crew. And Becca was especially emotional that day. And she walked in um, early for the evening service to get ready for practice. And, and Katie was standing right over there. And I just hear her with her lip quivering, tears coming down her face, I just need a hug. And at that moment, they began to have a nice little 10-minute powwow of just comforting each other and being there for each other and showing the love of Christ to each other. The next instance is from Sylvia. I mean, we have so many hugs that we can talk about that come at the absolute perfect time, and I know a lot of you in here are the same exact way. Um... Just the joy that comes from her. Uh, she's new to the game here with us, but we appreciate her so much. The final example out of these four uh, is, is Becca, uh, and she's taken a um, small job at my store uh, working in the test kitchen. Um, I had talked to one of my department heads, um, I don't know, maybe about six months ago, and there's a younger lady, I think she was 22, 23, that was having a lot of the same issues that she was having. And she just immediately had a heart. So you saw the joy in her face when she's like, yes, I want to grab hold of her. It linked, they linked up, I think, on the very next day that they were able to work together and spent probably a good 30 minutes talking to each other. And I'm supposed to be the big, strong guy in the store that everybody looks for. Uh, and that was a hard day to kind of walk the store floor check things out, and then you see your wife over there just loving on somebody that is in the thick of hurt. All four of these are just amazing examples of what we are to do as the body of Christ. Many of you in this room have done the same for our family, and I'm eternally grateful for that. But there's always room for growth, and I know I'm talking to myself on this one. There are many times where I make myself excuses that I have to prepare for this. 
that I have to get ready for whatever I'm serving for. And I find whatever way I can to get around talking to you guys. And this is, I want you guys to challenge me on this one. Call me out if you see me doing that from now on, because I, I need that said to myself. That's where I struggle. Again, I don't like talking. I, I'm one of those that I would easily sit in a room by myself for hours and be happy. But that's not what God created me for. Uh, so that leads me to final point here. First, we had individualistic groaning, shared groaning with fellow believers, and the Holy Spirit interceding in our weakest moments. Uh, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 26 hit me in the chest. How do I not know what I need to pray for? I know myself inside and out. I know what I need. I know what I want. God, I know what I want you to do for me. That's how that relationship worked. Oh, How dare I tell the God of creation that I know what he wants for me? Uh, turn to Hebrews real quick. Uh, Hebrews 5, verse 7, and we'll go from there. Hebrews 5, verse 7. So how does the Lord know what's best for us? Let's take a look at these scriptures here. So who, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, capital S, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Jesus went through every emotion, every hurt, every pain, every strife, every struggle, everything that we have ever done, he did it. And then some. He learned his obedience from his sufferings. He cried to God, please don't let me die. Stop this. I don't, this is going to hurt. I really don't want to do this. But Lord, if it's your will, I will do it. So if he can obey the Father in his darkest periods, why can't I? Uh, A couple songs with today being morning of worship, a couple songs that have kind of just sustained me through this time. Uh, First one is uh, from an artist titled uh, Lincoln Brewster. Uh, It's titled While I Wait. Um, I would suggest, uh, or I would encourage you guys to to look up these songs. there's an acoustic version of this one. It's a little bit better than the other one, in my opinion. But um, I'll go through the chorus and then the final verse of this. Um, so the chorus goes, While I wait, I will worship. Lord, I'll worship your name. While I wait, I will trust you. Lord, I trust you all the same. And the bridge goes and repeats four different times. You are faithful every day. Your promises remain. You are faithful every day and your promises remain. 
That's just not a guy filling a song. That's something that I need to tell myself over and over and over. Every single day. You are faithful every day. Your promises remain. And the final verse, and I hope I can get through it all. (laughs) Though I don't understand it, I will worship with my pain. You are God. You are worthy. You are with me all the way. So while I wait, I will worship. Lord, I'll worship your name. Though I don't have all the answers, still I trust you all the same. Multiple times you can, I can look back on my life and just understand where God was in those periods and just understanding what he was doing, why that happened. But it's hard to do that in the thick of it. You're, you're, we think internally, or at least I do, I think internally, I think, why is this happening to me again? But it has that purpose. We go back to verse 28. There, it's his purpose. That is why. Uh, the second song, um, well, before that, we're in Hebrews there. So turn forward a little bit uh, to chapter 13, verse 6. Hebrews 13, starting verse 6. <clears throat> so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We're going to move forward to verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, the next song that is a relatively new song, um, it's by Passion Worship. Uh, it's titled that, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. And uh, the pre-chorus on it is, Oh, my soul, remember who you're singing to. Take heart, hold on, remember who you're singing to. Those Same thing in the Bible. Every time you hear that same thing over and over, maybe you should listen to that part. Remember who you're singing to in those moments. The chorus goes, He's still the Lord Almighty. He's still the King of Kings. He's still the risen Savior, reigning over everything. His name is still the highest. His strength will never fail. His word is everlasting, yesterday, today, and forever. Again, I would encourage you to look those up. Um, I'm more than happy to send you the link if you would like. Um, One of the perks of my job is I have a desk that is high above everything, and it's pretty loud in my store, so I can crank the music at my desk and sing pretty loud and not anybody really notice what I'm doing. So if you happen to come to the store and you look up and you see me going to town, sorry. Um, so um, here in closing, um, Becca's kind of, she's always just had odd health issues. It, she always seems to have that 1% thing. Pot's part of that as well. She had mono several times, as I mentioned, prior to me knowing her. Um, And our time together, there were multiple times where she actually passed out. Uh, The one time that I remember, uh, I was with my hotel job, and I was getting ready to take a trip to San Francisco for 10 days. And uh, it was the night before, and we're laying in bed, and she gets out late at night. She wasn't feeling the best that day, so she gets out um, and got up too quickly. All I hear is Nick and out. I get there just in time to 
catch her from falling over, and I'm working time and time and just get her back with me. I get her back, and she's hardly with me, but I get her back onto the bed and just kind of calm down. So I do what anybody does. You call the resident nurse in the family who's on call, who is Beth, and uh, I'm like, uh, I know it's late at night. What do I do? Uh, they live in Benton at the time. We lived in Creston. That's a 40-minute drive. I'm pretty sure she broke the land speed record for minivans that day and made it there in about 20 minutes um, and did a quick little check on her. And who knows what was the deal. Uh, but she recovered. Um, it took a few days. I still made my trip to San Francisco, albeit with a tear-filled drive to the airport and an anxiety-ridden uh, flight, um, not knowing what was going on. Um, but at the time, I thought it was just a freak occurrence, and we couldn't really get any answers out of that. Looking back on it now, most likely she had pots in her at that time. It's probably been just kind of sit, sitting in um, her system, and it just hadn't revealed, her, re revealed itself to her um, and reared its ugly head. Um, so I apologize, honey, for these pictures here quick. But um, <laughs> So this first picture, I don't even know what the dates are on it, but it's Christmas time. A few years ago, uh, I would guess 2018, 2019. Um, fun, happy family. Boys have probably grown at least another foot off of that. Um, spring forward to this next one. This was this last year. We had the opportunity to go to the ark. And um, when you look at those two pictures, you don't see anything different. You don't see anything. like. We're a big, happy family, and we are. But remember, I said Potts was most likely in her in the before as it was um, today. She also had something else that was in here. So let's go back to uh, verse 18 of Romans 8. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Any one of us in this room that has accepted Christ as their Savior has his glory in us now. It's not going to be revealed on this side of, uh, of eternity, but it will be at some point. <clears throat> when the trials of this world seem to take over, we are still given the mission to bring glory to God throughout whatever we do. And when we don't have the strength to continue on, we must fight the temptation to stay isolated because, remember, that is where the enemy has its best influence. We must rely on other godly believers for support and ultimately rely on God. It seems so simple, but yet it is such a hard reality when I am, when you are in the thick of, our, of the struggle. The thoughts in our heads continue to push the thinking that God doesn't care, but the word says differently. Uh, the, another speaker from this past Friday was a gentleman by the name of Jeff Evans. He's a mountain climber, and I had never heard of him before, but he was the first and the only uh, expeditioner to take a blind man up Mount Everest. And 
they spent two and a half months taking this man, little by little, up Mount Everest. They get to the summit. Two and a half months going up there. What do you? Granted, the guy's blind. He's not going to do much. But they spent 20 minutes at the top of a mountain, the top mountain, 20 minutes. And his thought from that is, we don't learn anything from the summit of a mountain. We learn it from the journey. We learn it from the sides, the, the ebbs and flows of life. What's the point? Yes, it's a beautiful view. But what's the point of spending our time at the top of the mountain when we can learn everything everywhere else? Uh, wrap up here, verse 35. I'm sorry, Pastor, I've gone a little bit faster. Uh, so these are famous verses that I'm sure you've all heard. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, not the rejection, not the abuse, not the emotional pain, not the chronic illness, not the job loss, not the hurt from a friend, nothing on this earth separates us from Christ's love. It's a basic thought, but it's so hard to understand when we're in the heart of it. Unfortunately, these purposes that we know in this life, we will never understand until we get to heaven. But know one thing that will sustain us. Nothing will separate us from Christ's love.